This podcast series is based on a book called Beyond Reasonable Greed, Why Sustainable Business is a Much Better Idea by Wayne Visser and Clem Sumter, read by myself, Wayne Visser. The Future, Elephants in the Mist Believe it or not, many cultures have linked elephants with the clouds. Some myths even credit elephants with creating the clouds. This is probably because of their comparable size and colour and shape in thundery weather, but there may be symbolic elements as well. Clouds represent the mist that separates the formed worlds from the unformed. Clouds are also forever changing, forever shape-shifting. So it is also not surprising that elephants are associated with prophecy and divination. Add to this the belief in elephants' great memory and wisdom, and we have a fitting symbol for our final speculations about the misty future of sustainable business in a shape-shifted world. Dare we say it, but an excellent crystal ball to use when gazing into the future is scenario planning. Using the Foxy Matrix developed in the mind of a fox, co-authored by Chantal Ilsbury and Clem Sunter, the four quadrants of the matrix move our thinking from rules of the game to key uncertainties and scenarios, then options and finally decisions. These will be explored now using the lion and elephant themes. Rules of the game. The rules of the game are the conditions that we are fairly certain will apply within the foreseeable future. They govern our behavior and up to a point are beyond our control. Unlike the rules of sport, which are conveniently written down in a rule book somewhere, the rules of business are normally unwritten. At times they are subject to intense debate, particularly when they change, as they are doing at the moment. However, there are certain rules that never change, such as the moral rules of the game. Many lion companies either ignore or fail to understand that business is as subject to the moral rules as an individual is. Nor are they sensitive to those changes in the rules which are taking place as a result of alterations in the environment around them. We have identified seven rules of the game that underpin the world that is emerging through the mists of time. These are Spaceship Earth, the demographic multipliers, pervasive poverty and growing resentment, declining ecosystems, a techno-scientific boom, the networked planet, and a renaissance in values. Spaceship Earth Recalling Kenneth Boulding's 1960s metaphor, we live within an insular planetary system. The only external input is the sun's radiation. To all intents and purposes, nothing comes in and nothing leaves. There is no backup store of resources to tap into once our planet is all used up, and there is no away for the waste and pollution that we create. We can try to hide it by burying it or diluting it, but it doesn't disappear, it just accumulates. For even with our technological wizardry, 
we cannot replicate the planet's ingenious processes. Up until now, this rule hasn't been a problem. We've got away with ignoring it because for most of the Earth's history, the population has been relatively small, and only a small proportion of that population has consumed resources at a rate which might cause a problem. Now, Spaceship Earth is what we would call a showstopper. It is literally a killer concern, because by ignoring this rule, we are in danger of killing ourselves off as a species on this planet. The planet will survive, by the way. This may sound overly melodramatic, but it is pure, measurable science. We are slowly poisoning ourselves on the one hand, and threatening the delicate equilibrium of various ecosystems on which we depend on the other. More about this in the key uncertainties. The demographic multipliers. Population has a double whammy effect as a rule of the game. Obviously, a growing population puts more strain on limited resources, such as the environment, food and habitat. And even with the most optimistic projections on declining fertility rates, the latent population growth that is already in the pipeline will almost certainly result in a huge increase in the number of people. That would be a challenge enough for our spaceship Earth, but it is only the first multiplier. The second multiplier is tied up with the industrial lifestyle which developing countries are seeking to emulate and which is highly resource-intensive and extremely unhealthy, wasteful and polluting. What would happen if the one million pounds of annual waste generated by each American citizen were multiplied by six billion as opposed to 300 million? Or if on the same basis we extrapolated the hundred billion dollars that America spends to combat the harmful effects of air pollution, or the $50 billion in health costs associated with their fast food diet. Quite simply, if every country adopts these lifestyles, the environmental and social impacts will be catastrophic. The crazy thing is that America has to rely on the rest of the world not catching up with it in order to continue with the wasteful lifestyle to which it has grown accustomed. Pervasive poverty, growing resentment. Poverty is a crisis of global proportions. Billions of people still live on less than $2 a day, while more than a billion do not have access to proper food or clean water. Relatively speaking, the gap between the haves and the have-nots is also widening. And being a complex issue, the problem is not going to go away anytime soon. For decades to come, poverty will remain the single biggest threat to social sustainability. Poverty acts like a cancer in the human society. It eats away at the body from the inside out. There is no simple cure, and by the time it is usually recognized as a threat, it is already too late. Our current belief in trickle-down economics is like an ineffective, superstitious placebo. It may make us feel better for a while, but it hasn't rooted out the cause. It's as if we naively believe that if the privileged few keep eating ice cream which happens to taste great, the good feeling will eventually spread to the less fortunate masses 
and just melt away the cancer. In practice, the reverse is happening. With the advent of mass media, the poor now know what they're missing out on, and a sense of relative deprivation is spreading out like a shockwave. Accompanying the resentment is something to which we will refer to later on, the access to weapons of mass destruction, which the poor increasingly have. Combined with religious fervor, this whole mixture becomes pretty potent. Declining ecosystems. Some of the facts previously mentioned bear repeating here. We have lost over 10% of the species that were living a few hundred years ago. The earth is losing an estimated three or more species an hour, a rate 100 to 1,000 times greater than the average over the preceding hundreds of millennia. And conservation biologists are predicting that half of the diversity of life will be lost in the next century if the present rates of habitat destruction and disturbance continue. Need more facts? In the past 50 years, the world has lost a quarter of its topsoil and over a third of its forest cover. At present rates of destruction, we will lose 70% of the world's coral reefs in our lifetime, host to a quarter of marine life. In the past three decades, one-third of the planet's natural resources has been consumed. We're losing fresh ecosystems of water at the rate of 6% a year, marine ecosystems at 4% a year. At the same time, we're starting to wreak havoc with our climate system. There is no longer any serious scientific dispute that things are getting worse, even in the years since the Rio Earth Summit of 1992. On the other hand, a very powerful driving force behind modern business was introduced unwittingly by Peter Drucker, the American guru, when he invented management by objectives in the middle part of the last century. Nowadays, MBO, as it is known, is at the center of all strategic, operational, and budgetary processes. You set objectives and then you measure your performance against those objectives, whether they are financial ones, production ones, marketing ones, and so on. Because we naturally aspire to do better in the eyes of the people we fear and respect, for underlings read bosses, for bosses read shareholders. So our objectives tend to reflect this. We select targets which will lower costs, raise production and produce more profit. Nobody budgets lower profit unless it is due to factors beyond his or her control. Thus, while Drucker himself may be an open-minded and balanced individual, his product, MBO, has entrenched a culture of more, just when we need a culture of less, according to this rule of the game. Worse still, management by objectives creates the impression that the future is certain and management is in control. The objectives must be obtained, whatever the future has in store. It's rather like the pilots of an airliner having a flight plan and no radar system to indicate that the flight plan should be changed in the event of bad weather ahead. The facts we have already quoted show that some really bad weather is about to be encountered if we don't change course immediately. The techno-scientific boom. The pace of scientific discovery and technological innovation shows no signs of abating. Whether it is mapping the human genome, 
building artificial intelligence machines, or cloning animal life. Each new revelation sparks a whole industry of possibilities. We just need to look at how many mainstream career options today did not exist 50 years ago. Mobile phone design and engineering, computer science, biotechnology, corporate environmental management, microelectronics, website design, contamination remediation, the list could go on and on. In our struggle to cope with the whirlwind of change that surrounds us, we should resist the temptation to act like the Luddites of old, those bands of English artisans bent on destroying machinery in the early 19th century in the belief that all new technology was evil. The information technology revolution has reshaped our world forever, and wave upon wave of scientific breakthroughs in the 21st century will continue to toss and tumble us about until we learn to surf each new change. The hope is that technological advance can create environmentally friendly substitutes in the fields of materials and energy, so vital for people to improve their standard of living within the constraints of inhabiting spaceship Earth. The Networked Planet Hand in hand with the spread of democracy around the globe, the planet has become a worldwide web. The so-called information superhighway is a vast network of fiber-optic cables, radio waves, microwaves and satellite signals. Whether you are standing on the top of Mount Kilimanjaro or at the bottom of the Grand Canyon, a little black box called a cell phone can connect you with anyone else on Earth or a webcam can teleport someone live into your home for a chat, as if he or she were sitting right across the coffee table from you. This is the fishbowl reality of today's world, real-time, larger-than-life news about anything, anywhere. Near-instantaneous duplication and dissemination of information. And cyber-societies of virtual relationships between like-minded people scattered around the globe. Commit any corporate sins against sustainability and there is nowhere to run and nowhere to hide. On the other hand, if you are one person trying to make your voice heard, just plug into the internet and go on a surfing safari. On the way, you will make lots of friends and learn all you need to know to make a difference collectively. A Renaissance in Values The social and environmental movements that have gained momentum over the past five decades are more than just a collection of events or a passing phase of human introspection. In the process, our global society has been changed at its very core. We've seen the bubbling up of age-old values like honesty and selflessness and compassion. In a shift that may prove with hindsight to be as profound as the triumph of democratic principles over dictatorial monarchy or civil freedom over human slavery. In essence, what the sustainability trend is in the process of doing is renting the veil on the hypocrisy of today's political institutions, economic ideologies and business organizations, all of which exist within societies that proclaim the virtues of one or more of the great religious or spiritual traditions of the world. As in the children's parable of Snow White, the shift in values now underway in society is acting like that mirror-mirror on the wall, which sees beyond superficial appearances, 
like political speeches, economic mumbo-jumbo, and corporate values statements, and judges character solely on the basis of the actions of the person or institution concerned. We have moved from tell me to show me,